So Michael's over here acting like fucking deep state, trying to censor anything that I will and or won't say on a podcast. So that's it's a pretty. Fun. It it's was a pretty a rough joke. Bad, I'm sorry. bad joke, and not like offensive. It was just, it was a bad dad joke, and it was a dad bad joke. It was just... that made me cringe, and I am the lord of the bad pun, so I think you can understand. Well, it's just like me daddy used to say you never whole ass anything you half ass everything until you're a quarter ass <laughs> uh you've been a quarter ass since the time you were born you don't have to try hard to get that i've been uh i've been, I've been cooped up for a while guys i uh ah, been left well, alone to my thoughts you wouldn't want to leave me alone to my thoughts uh, would you? <laughs> no no true true i've uh been stuck in my own head for a while here wrote a song about it want to hear it here goes. It's just uh, Andy Samberg in the... Have you seen the clip from Brooklyn Nine-Nine where he's interrogating? And it's him with an acoustic guitar playing off-key and just screaming at the perp. Oh, I think <laughs> I have. He's just like... he's Isn't he... Is he sitting on a bench or a stool yeah, or something? Yeah. Just... Yeah. Ah! Like that? Did you just clip out everything? He just clipped out. Yep. Oh, That is well, amazing. Hey, whoopsie. Michael, here's an Audio 101. You can't be up on the mic like that and then scream. It doesn't now, like it. <laughs> I want uh, to point out to all of the listeners here that this is our audio engineer. So if you wanted an excuse as to why the quality of this podcast is immaculate. goddamn dreadful. I, was I mean, I have, I have improved, relatively speaking. I still may be shit, but I'm better than I used to be. And I'm Michael. And I'm Michael? By the way, by the eternal, behold, behold, it's the Disinformed Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm John. And I'm Michael. Michael. <laughs> Michael. Yeah. Get him, or, Dad. <laughs> to be better, Michael. <laughs> just in case you really want to test the mids and highs on your speakers. <laughs> Just clip that and loop it, and then promptly blow your own brains out. <laughs> I mean, the the, the best part was that I didn't clip at all on my mic when I screamed into it. Uh, according to Audacity, <laughs> according to Audacity, it didn't give me any of them well, red peaks. The red. I mean, with caution. such a sophisticated free software. <laughs> well, uh, I was going to say, according to my Audacity, I screamed so hard that Jesus came, <laughs> like ejaculated, not like re appeared but like no that's the second coming (laughs) (laughs) hail stan Uh, yes indeed stan's very important how the hell are you doing you drunk fox i will have you know i'm not drunk yet (laughs) you're trying real hard (laughs) that i am on well admittedly my second beer but that's just because nothing matters anymore so um i'm good I'm, i'm not as uh uh clouded as last week so that's nice mm, well i'll have you know i'm on heroin so and you can clip that and i will send that to everybody <laughs> shane do you remember not to you know plow through this real quick but mm. we had this those series of pictures that we took in the studio for what ended up offensively being called a demo ep because of yes whatever um but it's a series of pictures of shane with different bottles of liquor and beer in his hand and he's progressively looking more fucked up in each picture <laughs> and the and last I, one culminates with me holding like seven different yeah they're all laid laid on his chest like while it looks like he's sleeping like <laughs> drooly um and i 
found that like because you know facebook like prompts you like uh like a year later it prompted me like hey you you have these pictures or i found them and i posted them to shane's insert to his facebook and i was like hashtag never forget or, or something silly and i think within like two or three hours I, I deleted those fuckers real quick <laughs> well no i think you ha- you hit me up and asked me to remove them oh even better yes because like, you could remove way... your you could remove your tag right but you hit me up with the hey just so you know that my family who very much so do not partake or would find this very offensive are going right. to think that i actually did this you will cause me a shitstorm. please take those down <laughs> It's because, yeah, at some point I'm going to hear from my siblings who are going to talk about, you know, how their children will have seen that and, you know, how that's a horrible example for the children. Where it's like, yeah, I didn't drink the damn things, but it would take me more effort to explain this to people than it would be to just take the freaking thing down. But it is still, uh, it it still pops up on my my Facebook memories. I still have it in the camera roll of every phone that I have once I find (laughs) them because it it brings me so much joy. You'll have to show Um, me because I, I, really think that they would they would yeah. probably look like a work of art they are very you could say that they're artistic yeah or acoustic <laughs> yeah tomato um, potato michael, yeah michael how are you doing you seem you seemed very heated in our group chat today uh well i won't say much considering that i still think a couple of employees uh listen to this podcast but i did not mm. have a great uh uh time at work on wednesday or today uh recording wednesday uh may fuck 10 fucking yes. michael time traveling again <laughs> or fuck oh, six gotta hit i looked at the wrong calendar day <laughs> i was like june 10th yes it is june 10th today um, so i see that uh, cinco de mayo had its lasting effect on you apparently no that's that's the that's the sharpies on may 4th that's cinco de drinko it's cinco de it. fit uh, yeah whatever um <laughs> at, are you talking about cinco de cuatro yeah uh, Cinco de Cuatro, the force be with you. Uh huh. Um, sorry, that was that was bad. I Susie Quatrain and the Midnight Railers, featuring Michael fucking Clark and his drunk ass. Oof. Um, no. Aside what instrument actually, did you play in the band, by the way? It's actually from um, Dark Nest. March. Dumas. <laughs> uh, marching band. I played the baritone. Um. The baritone saxophone. <laughs> no, I, I love. Okay, so I know that you are musically inclined because you asked me that question. No, a baritone is a marching euphonium, so it looks like an over. Bless you. It's the holy fuck. Are you? Do you not know about? what a euphonium is? I can't say that I've seen. Okay, a isn't that something you that you're not supposed to call people that I, are different uh, than you? Okay, hold on a second. <laughs> I will. I will include a link for the show notes. Um, but I'm just gonna look it up real quick just so you guys can see it because. Saying that it's a For trumpet those, uh, on steroids would not give it justice. So, so it's one of those. It's the society that is a perfect society, right? The euphonium. Uh, That's, uh sure. It's what the Russians were trying to make in the thirties. It's it's this. It's it about just looks like a oh, it's a flugelhorn. No, flugelhorn is uh smaller. Uh, do You're I have smaller. a? Of course, it's not going to be a fucking picture of someone holding it. For Guys, size he's references, literally just pulling up. That's a marching. Very okay, well, well all right. Endowed black men. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, some of these are black. Uh, no, that's a mellophone. <laughs> that's not even a baritone. What the fuck? There we go. All right, here. this one right here. That is a baritone, and that is that size. It's about five, six pounds, and yes. Yeah, so that's what I would okay. march with. 
Um, Hashtag uh, big brass horns. Yes. So I'll just include that in the show notes because I don't want to describe it other than it's a trumpet on steroids. Um, okay. It sounds like a euphonium or a uh, trombone. And then when I wasn't marching and I was sitting through, I guess, symphonic shit, I would do bass trombone because I was lazy as shit. And unless the uh, composer didn't know how to write for a bass trombone, um, I would play the shortest notes I would play were eighth notes. So the <laughs> Michael Clark Five and his big bad bass trombone yeah. will be uh, touring this summer. Mm-hmm. I literally just pull out whole notes and just hold them and sound musical, and then I get to enjoy everyone else playing while I don't have to put any effort into it. I sure sound, as hell hope you're pulling out. Sounds like I don't my kind of see gig. what happens. Minimum effort. Oh yeah, I don't know how I got past ten years of like playing instruments like that, but I sure as hell did. Well, I, I would literally. I wouldn't even audition for parts. I would just be like, just give me the lowest part. Like the easiest part. What? I've been in the band for five years? I don't care. Just give me the lowest. Hashtag <laughs> dream it, achieve it. <laughs> it doesn't matter what your dreams are. Just achieve them. I never you applied wanna... for leadership. I was like, you know, if they really wanted me to be a leadership, they would ask. And they never did. So I was like, cool. It's so, a sign. <laughs> in, the, in the famed Oof. words of Marge Simpson, aim low. Aim so low that no one will ever care if you succeed. That is presently how I'm approaching my work life. Yes, I <laughs> wanted to ask about that. I uh, am not going to talk about that on, oh. on air. <laughs> that is, I will finally pull the card you both have pulled at one point and said, that is a paywall topic if I've ever if I've ever had one. Okay. I'm feeling a lot better this week. Okay. That being said. That's good. Uh, uh, relative uh, relatively better is still good (laughs) yeah um oh i started learning piano this week really that's pretty cool speaking of your bass trumpet trombone liam can you play hot cross buns sorry you're talking uh, speaking of your quantum uh trombone Um, (laughs) no get out of here that quantum shit Not quantized. No, uh, it's the trombone. Literally, so, the trombone is like the opposite of quantized instruments because you can slide, like you don't have individual buttons that make individual notes. You can literally. Michael, play a people whole... stopped did... caring two seconds. Yeah, ago. did you hear that? That was a sound of everyone six, tuning out. That was six listeners dying from trying to listen uh, to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, uh, Becky's dad for her birthday got her a um, eighty-eight key. Uh, like a weighted 88 key uh, electric piano. They've, they've been talking about it for years, so it's not like one of those like, oh, look, he splurged. It was like, there's been years of build up to this. Mm-hmm. And I've always wanted to learn how to be an actual proper musician and like maybe know how to read music. Mm-hmm. And I've always romantically held that I would do that while learning piano. And mm-hmm. Becky being uh, herself, she found a really, really good app. It's a paid app uh, called Simply Piano, and it walks you through both like a simple child. And I am a simple child when it comes to a new instrument. So it's been fun and uh, delightfully challenging over the past couple of days. But I, I know where to put my hands. I know where middle C is. It's, it's going good. Ooh, there you go. Well, I, can, I, can, awesome. I can. I know there's a treble and a bass clef now, and I didn't <gasps> know that before. So... I mean, here we go. I can play. Um, I can play Baby Shark. 
Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm rolling my eyes you, so no, hard. So, right so you now. know essentially what Simply Piano does, and then I'll stop talking about it because I am aware of how boring it is. Um, it essentially turns learning piano into like DDR or Beat Saber. Ooh, okay. So like you I like set that your concept. you set your like I put my laptop uh, on the the stand, and it'll hear the notes in real time, and it'll show you whether or not you hit the correct note. Um, and it kind of just, it gives you a score based on how well you did. So it'd be like, Hey, I'm teaching you this song. There's 14 sections. You missed one. Okay. You got 12 or 13 out of 14, so on and so forth. And they have like little five minute exercises you can do at any point in time. Um, and they give you, uh, prereqs to go to different parts. So I can't skip ahead just to be silly. Like I have to have to do the work. So it's a lot of fun. Shoot, we should reach out and see if they can sponsor us because, like, I mean, I would love to try something like that. That, like, even for my own instrument, like, if they have a simply baritone, I mean, I don't have a baritone, so it wouldn't really matter. But you can always like, just put your girlfriend on your lap and hit her real hard until she starts making the right sounds. Uh, well, That's Friday night <laughs> over at the Clark home. Uh, I mean, like, she wouldn't tell me if I was right or wrong. She would probably just be like, "Why the fuck are you hitting me?" And then probably slap me back. You um, can hear what she says through the gag. She's gotten very good at it. Um, I can't believe that Shane just looked at me like I suddenly was so off base. <laughs> Get on your lane. Um, so you said you heard about the the treble and the bass clef. Do you know that there's actually an alto and a tenor clef? Listen, <laughs> I invented it. So yeah, I knew it existed. Oh, oh no, okay, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing at this point. I'm just having fun learning music at, the, at, at this point. It's it's nice to have something to you know give me hope. Oh, that's fair. I'm just being an ass. I mean, they do exist, but unless you're playing like string instruments, like you'll never see them because I didn't know they existed until my ex showed me them. And she played Shane. Violin, you have been viola, just giving glances, sidelong glances. He's probably ready for to hear my rant. Yeah, speaking of uh, quantum mechanics and quantum instruments and quantum people that are way smarter than you are. Jerking me off. I have no idea. By the way, so for the past couple of days, Michael has been uh, popping into the group text about the topic that Shane has him hunting down that Joe Rogan episode. And, two of them. Two, in fact. Yeah, and I am not following those episodes, so I am getting all of these off-the-cuff comments that make no sense to me, but Shane and him are having a really pleasant chat about it, or... Pleasantly, <laughs> pleasantly pleasantly agreeing on their grievances about it why is this guy talking about this it hurts my little but brain i don't think since i've known you michael that i've seen you so vocally upset about something so i'm really excited to turn this over to you so that hopefully you can do what shane and i have both done uh within the past month and just scream at nobody so well, he's already been screaming previously into so, the I mean, void, established and it. then also at my uh, manager today because again, don't like work on Wednesdays. Um, well, everybody's well adjusted today. Apparently, <laughs> Wednesdays are a well, hundred times more stressful than any other day of the week, and it's not because it's busier. It's just because of the people I work with, and that's all. So I'll what say. you're saying is Wednesday is still hump day. You just happen to be the hole. Yeah, yeah, okay. I would say that. I, sure. I can dig it. Um, now, for context, before you start, yeah, I, I was going to say, let's give the context. 
The uh, two podcasts that I recommend Michael listen to were one, uh, it's a Joe Rogan podcast where it's Commander David Fravor featuring Jeremy Corbell, who is the gentleman who made the documentary about Bob Lazar, Area 51, and Flying Saucers. The other podcast is Bob Lazar, also with Jeremy Corbell, discussing the documentary that I just mentioned. So, the order was, in release... The Bob Lazar podcast came first. They discussed the events that, you know, surrounded David Fravor, and then Fravor came on as a guest later on. Jeremy Corbell facilitated bringing David Fravor on. Uh, I mentioned them because Bob Lazar happened to work at Los Alamos, which Michael had mentioned in the course of our previous podcast discussion about things he might discuss. So I was keen on just seeing if he had heard about this, if he had gotten anything and thought it would be amusing to put Michael down this rabbit hole. And then he went down the rabbit hole. One, you went out of sequence. So you listened to the David Fravor one first. So the context is a little jumbled. So with that set up, Michael, tell us your thoughts. So we'll start with the um, Commander uh, Frav- Fravor? Farver? Fravor? I just said it five times. And I'm, you still I'm still going to butcher it. it. The Commander. Jesus Christ. The um, Navy Navy uh, pilot. He was in the Navy, I believe. Um, but essentially, to give a little bit of backstory, uh, in the... Two, early thousands yes early uh, 2005 thousands. i think he or was aughts, part of a no um <laughs> he was he was conducting a training ex- or he was part of a training exercise and he noticed him and his uh flying his, his flying partner the other plane both the co-pilot basically uh sure uh, no it was they, in no, a different plane there are two planes yeah, flying yeah, yeah. correct yes. um they both noticed an odd object that was kind of like flying around with them uh and at one point it just took off and covered 60 miles in 60 seconds or something crazy like that essentially what you should say so they were going out on a training exercise there were two groups there was uh, a separate four separate planes essentially two were going out to be the quote-unquote bad guys that were going to run the negative and then two were going to be the good guys the u.s representatives fravor was in that crew so the initial group was sent out. They were too far out by the time they'd received this communique from the Nimitz that they were uh, near. And so then Fravor's group were tapped and said, we have a real-world incident. So essentially there is an actual bogey that we want you to go check out, something that popped up on the radar. They didn't have any weapons on the planes when they went out because it's a training exercise. They don't go with any live uh, munition because accidents happen rather frequently. So they're going out to investigate a an unknown object, uh, you know, an aerial op- an unidentified UA. flying object or what i don't know what well, they call it it's now it's not called that anymore it's a yeah so in any yeah event, an anomalous short, too late, flying phenomenon as he, as he flew out there was an object in the water it's so essentially they were saying it was a still ocean and then there's a rather large object in the water and then this thing that they describe as being tic-tac shaped which was doing kind of like a crucifix motion over the top of the water in around this rather large object, which they were saying was like a quarter of a mile long, like this giant thing in the water. And then this thing was bouncing around in front of it. 
because I know how Michael typically tends to explain things. I'm over-explaining this for the sake of giving better context. Yeah, no, I... He's an idiot, and he flew over and saw some fucking thing flying around. That's why when you started talking, I immediately shut up, and I'm like... I appreciate it. I'll just let him talk, because he'll give the context. So what they're saying is that when they saw the object, they flew down to engage it. As they were flying down, the thing noticed them and flew up. And sort of mimicked them. So they were moving around a clock face. Then the thing stopped directly in front of them and immediately just vanished. So they had a visual sort of lock on it and then it just disappeared. They had no idea where it went. And then they were immediately, I think like in a minute later, they were told from the group that was operating the ship and running their radar that it came up back on the radar 60 miles away from their location. That's crazy. Where they were supposed to start or something, or supposed to end. Yeah, the cap point. So, yeah, where they were headed to. So that is what happened. Yes. While they were doing this, the Wizzo, who's the weapon system operator, was able to lock the thing in on radar and was trying to film it. They did not actually film. But then later in the day, another group that went out were able to actually video the thing that was flying. So they actually caught this thing on camera and showed it and then showed it flying away. There have been multiple separate incidents that subsequently followed with similar instances of it's exactly it's apparently the same weapons operator. Caught this another video oh, the, over the on the Grumble, East Coast. Gr- Grundle? No, not Grundle. Um, I'm, I'm forgetting what but it's, it's called. It's, it's, it's a very... Oh, the Gimbal Gimbal, video. thank you, thank you. Yes. yes. So it's an interesting set of circumstances. It's an anomalous flying thing. But mostly I was intending to get Michael caught up on the gentleman who's a physicist. But yes. whilst we're here, give me your thoughts on the flavor. Yes. And, so I do want to say that um, both... I think both videos are easily findable i probably won't yeah. put any effort into finding them but you can search uh tic tac alien video or fa- farver fat Fraver. whatever uh, the com- commander f like mr f but commander f um look him up you'll find the video and then the, we'll list the rogan episodes yeah in the and show they, notes, they so probably will have them these. yeah exactly but i will say though i have a lot of respect for the commander not because he's in the military or anything but because of how he – well, because a lot of people just automatically have respect for military personnel. And, mm. like, I won't blindly give respect. I will definitely defer to them or whatever, but I'm, I'm not going to get – I'm rambling now. Anyway, I respected his account and his his account of the situation because he wasn't immediately saying, it must be aliens or anything like that. He was just reporting what he saw, and he gave it in a straightforward – like, let's not hypothesize about anything. And I really enjoyed his account of what happened because he yes, gave which... it his, he gave it in a little just a little bit more detail than what you did. So ultimately, <laughs> but you know, it's uh, just a, a a removed and casual observer giving you an account of events that occurred. He didn't sensationalize it. He didn't blow it out of proportion. Mm-hmm. Which I really, however, yes. So his, um partner his oh, uh, the other host Here we go <laughs> um he decided to start talking about gravitational waves and repulsion and all this other stuff and talking about how like and this is why i like messaged you shane when i was listening to it and being like is he really gonna be like this much like in the way because i really thought that that's how he just 
even I felt like Joe Rogan thought that he was just in the way. Rogan um, <laughs> was really annoyed with him, particularly in the Lazar. Oh yeah, because to the end of the Lazar one, yeah, he's because he would just start him. mentioning shit, and Joe would be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Like he's like, "You're being really vague." But, and I don't but know the why memo, the memo was really important. What the fuck are you talking about? And I just want to assure everybody that this memorandum is real. And I'm in a position to know these things, and it's real, and it's out there, and a lot of people are talking about this, and it's really important. And I just want to tell you that you heard it here, and I've got a good track record about things. Like, he does that. So, yeah. so, so uh, kind of quote you a little bit. The guy's like, woo Yes. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> thank you. Um, but I, I, I even wrote some notes on, like, how Do it. I... Like, it was mainly, like, physical notes, like, not necessarily discounting because, like, I liked what uh, Joe Rogan said about skepticism um, in both episodes, how Mm -hmm. the title of skeptic has definitely gotten skewed, and I definitely see that, too, with... um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I actually don't think I follow any, um, but there's a large uh, atheist skeptic community on YouTube, um, and they are very militant i would almost Mm. call them i would call them militant atheists uh the ones that like are like they make dawkins look like a pacifist like ones that will literally just go up and start yelling at people like i knew a couple of those people in real life and they actually called me an apatheist um as in like i didn't care um about my religion or apathy is what binds us all together as we talked about last week i was gonna say i i feel united yeah and i'm like "I'll, i'll i'll take that title i don't give a shit I'm not going to yell at someone just because they believe in something else. Like, as long as it doesn't affect me, I don't give a shit. But essentially, like, how Joe Rogan approached skepticism is is that, like, you immediately search for things to discount. And it's – the way that he described it made it almost seem like instead of saying, like, oh, it's a UFO, like, you immediately start searching for things that's like, oh, it's a bird. Oh, it's a rock. Oh, it's a Kind glitch. of your goal is to discredit it. Ultimately, everything, like, you're always angling to discredit something rather than just taking it and assimilating the information and then responding to it appropriately is it's just a blanket sweep. I don't believe this, and here's why. Yeah, and that's not what I want to do because, like, I thought about just ways of, like, and the Lazar episode kind of, air quotes, alleviated some of these concerns because I was talking about, well, if the thing veered off and, like, and rocketed off somewhere else, the sonic boom that would have erupted would have just knocked the plane out of the air. Right. that was addressed in Lazar's thing. And there's then, the thing. The reason that Corbell bothers me so much is that he almost operates as though you know everything he knows. Yeah. So he's he's operating under the delusion that everybody knows what he's talking about. He doesn't contextualize anything. And he just assumes that, one, you've watched his documentary or you've listened to the Rogan podcast he had with Lazar or both and just doesn't contextualize anything. So they're talking about this, you know, nonlinear propulsion systems and all these other things. And you're like, if you haven't heard the other podcast, none of this makes any sense at all. Yeah. yeah and oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, go I was for it. Because uh, you essentially you tackled these two Rogan episodes over the past day and a half, two days. I listened to the um, Commander F one on my Monday shift. And I listened to Lazar earlier today. Okay, you kind of answered my next question, which is how do we enjoy listening to our lengthy podcast? There's there's in, there's easy podcasts that you can ease like 
get an episode out of the way real quick, like Night Vale, Reply All. Mm. You know, there's the short form and then there's long form. And I would say that we're we border on long form, but then Rogan and then your mom's house and Last Pot on the Left they take that and they explode it into where I think my episode that I need to catch up on to this week is three hours long. And I feel mm. like that's an average Rogan episode too. So yep. it's always, it always perplexes me um, and intrigues me what people do while they enjoy their podcast. Um, like for me, my job is exceedingly easy. It, it honestly, unless like we get hit really hard with a million orders at once, which with the quarantine and summer, like that's not going to happen. So the only time when I would really be stressed was when it was being self or not self-inflicted, but inflicted from people. So, um, I was able to, especially because I don't like answering phones. I'll answer them if I need to, but I rather sit in the back and make pizzas and take shit out of the oven. Man, and you know what? Much that kind of sounds cushy. But, like if your management allows you to like have your own, thing going on or if you're just uh you know putting in a bluetooth headphone to kind of skirt around management being privy to what you're doing God, that, that kind of sounds dreamlike because you're not really dealing with customers you're just doing product fulfillment oh yeah and i and I've, I've told this everyone that i work with knows that's what i care about like i'll answer phones if i absolutely need to yes i'm not gonna be like oh yeah there's three lines on hold hmm someone should answer that like i'll answer them but i'd prefer not to and i and i've like gotten <laughs> there'll be sometimes if i don't particularly like the person i'll just like i'll hear a phone and i'll suddenly have something else to do or i'll put it on hold and i'll go walk off but i don't like doing that especially around like people that i actually respect anyway um <laughs> oof um what was I saying? Oh, uh, skepticism? No, no, we already covered that. We were but, moving on to, so we're to the point where essentially you were mostly frustrated by Jeremy Corbell yes. and his errantly just throwing out random factoids or attempting to titillate the audience with his extensive knowledge of extraterrestrial life and their various yeah. accoutrements. And I definitely liked, and like, I never really had a reason to dislike Joe Rogan. And even though I know he believes a lot of stuff that I don't necessarily, Hmm. but like, I appreciate how he approaches things though. My one complaint is I don't think he asks the right questions when interviewing people that have deep knowledge about stuff, but that's, I think more myself um, because he seems like a really good interviewer and he asks Hmm. what he is genuinely interested in, which I'll give him credit. Like that's that caught me. Like that kept me intrigued throughout the whole time, except for when Jeremy opened his fucking mouth. Um, but like he knew how to keep a story going. He knew like where he should ask questions and where he should make comments. So he, I mean, this is like I think the the Commander F one is like episode thirteen hundred sixty one or like one thousand three hundred sixty one or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So. Rogan's been he knows what he's doing he like he knows how to podcast so I won't say that I won't sit here on episode 39 be like man I know more about podcasting than he does no but I think by and large there the format of his podcast is more of a conversation than it is an interview I think he's mostly just bringing in people he's intrigued by Mm -hmm. or has a relationship or rapport with and then just has a conversation with them I think the only time other I've ever encountered one that was very interview like uh, he had Bernie Sanders on when he was initially running and that was very much kind of an interview hey explain this platform what would you do here how do you feel about this and it was less kind of freeform because it was under that 
was a, about an hour running time. It's the only one I've encountered that was that tight. Like I said, at one point, there's a Kevin Smith one where they talked for four and a half hours. <laughs> I, I can see that. I can see that they both have a lot of stuff that they can vibe on. But um, I won't – the one main quip I have is about, like, gravitational waves, which I'll save for Lazar. But essentially, the main thing I wanted to say with Commander F is that I really respected how he presented himself and how he presented his account um and i would have i would honestly recommend that episode to anyone that wants to hear like someone try their best to explain a situation that is hard to like account for because that's not something we deal with in our everyday lives is that we there's something flying around we have no fucking idea what it is and i won't sit here and be like it was a glitch in the matrix or or, a glitch in in their in their targeting system or because i don't know what was said no, they brought it uh, – Joe Rogan, when he was talking about skeptics and skepticism, uh, say that, like, people that identify as skeptics, not people that are skeptical, because I feel like that is, in, especially in today's day and age, an important thing to mention. Mm. Pe- you can be skeptical but not necessarily identify yourself as a skeptic. It's almost – It's taken... an important distinqu- distinction to make. Yes. Yeah. I feel like uh, the term or the title of skeptic almost takes on a negative ta- connotation, at least in the – the circles that I uh, follow or uh, the circles that I'm in, especially in YouTube. Um, in where... the same way that feminist can elicit a negative response from some people depending upon Where there you know, are definitely you... different levels of that. Yeah, yes. and how you interpret it, how it's approached. And, and yeah. where the more radical elements take over in terms of how the whole concept is presented, the more radical elements will... Uh, come to the forefront and take be be the identity or the face of that particular concept or movement. Well, for those, it's kind of akin to for those who are familiar with religion. It's like saying you're an orthodox skeptic, as basically you adhere as closely as humanly possible to. I must be skeptical of everything in the world. I will take nothing for granted, and I just poke holes in every boat I can. Yeah. And I'll say that's kind of my world philosophy, but it's not to poke holes. It's to just be like, well, why do you say that it's a UFO? And I feel like that's a little bit closer to how skepticism should be. You shouldn't be coming up with excuses as to why what they say is wrong, but you should be more like, what is it supposed to be? How can we test this? And and that's something that... Uh, uh, we'll wait until Lazar because I, okay. I, it's going to turn into more like not just ranting about them two, but it's going to be ranting about a lot of stuff. Uh, maybe also partially coronavirus. I was, I was toying with the idea when I got off work earlier of is should I rant this while drunk or should I rant this while sober? And I did fall upon mm. the sober aspect, so you won't get the heaviest of hot takes from me. But okay, they'll still well, be angsty. Quit with the foreplay and just fuck it already. Okay, so let's jump into the Lazar thing. So yeah. Lazar is a, um, I don't want to say self-proclaimed, but I have some issues with will. it. But no, I, I'm gonna say I don't want to say this. It's like I don't want to. I'm not a racist, but um, I don't want to say this. But um, he is a <clears throat> physicist who apparently, in the span of what was it, he went to Los Alamos in '82 and he was involved in this program in 89 89 yeah. yes um in his you know what you you'd give the context just just yeah. talk about him yeah i, I give up <laughs> give me cliff notes so bitch. yeah he's uh he's a theoretical physicist i think he never uh, said what he was until at one point he said physicist and that's yeah, he, all. he was a physicist he was working on um 
they described essentially what is housed at Los Alamos, and he was working there at 82. The way that he gives his bona fides is that he created a rocket car, so he, he built put a, car a, that jet, had a jet He put a engine jet engine into his car, and that was it. And he was in the yeah. newspaper for it. Oh, wait. That was and essentially his credentials from Los Alamos. That sounds familiar. Does it? It does. Sorry. You were, you were there? You were I... the car all along. I am the walrus. Anyway, oh. what you're saying. So, uh, in any event, he was, to his claims, <clears throat> recruited from... Uh, he left Los Alamos, was doing his own thing, and seeking out other career opportunities, and then was brought in to work at Area S4, which is a subdivision of Area 51 proper, where they were experimenting and trying to replicate technology that they are studying in a collection of flying saucers that have been held by the U.S. government for years and years, is the the idea. There are nine of them, purportedly, yes. uh, several of which they claim were found on uh, an assortment of archaeological digs, which yep. is intriguing enough on its own that the ancient alien theorem Aliens. is being played with. Sorry, Thank I was, I was doing the alien joke, the, the ancient aliens meme guy. Bless you. Yeah. Uh, so the... What he goes on to say is that essentially over the course of his time there, there was some paranoia and delusion based on the lifestyle he was living. His wife began to have an affair. Uh, His wife suspected he was having an affair, and that's what sort of prompted her to do so. And so then he was frozen out of the project by the individuals overseeing it because they wanted to make sure that he was going to be emotionally stable and that his home life was going to solidify before they continued with him. He also got caught. Well, here's what happened subsequently. So when he was being frozen out, he then took a bunch of his friends out to the area where they were test flying these saucers, and they they were videotaping it so that he would have some other individuals to corroborate his story and protect him in the off chance that he was removed because he – it's kind of difficult to pull because, one, he's having a migraine over the course of the episode. Apparently, he has had such agita – from having been one the government took away his identity they removed any of his educational records they uh, apparently destroyed his uh, birth, birth certificate. certificate all of his identity was essentially removed from him once he started outing this project publicly so he's uh, had death threats from people outside he's had a lot of difficulties in his life which they get into somewhat in the documentary as well long story short too bloody late he was very he had a lot of trepidation about going on the podcast he didn't want to do it but he was talked into it by mr jeremy corbell presumably because they wanted to get more exposure for their documentary so he's having a migraine, he's excessively drinking alcohol to try to sort of coax himself through this, and so he's, he one, has difficulty with keeping a linear narrative, he loses his train of thought a lot, he also just has long pauses where he's silent and he can't really get his thoughts together, so it's a little difficult to navigate, but essentially he was saying he feared for his life and that's why he brought friends over that he could expose And then a journalist then later on down the road after he was frozen out sort of found him and started airing his story. And that kind of gets us into a decent sort of compressed ball of his story in general. It's a lot to take in, I know, because, again, it's three hours worth of discussion. Yeah, and you just condense it into five five minutes, yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. So 
that was what I was listening to, um, especially when they went into detail about the specific reactor that generated anti-gravity. Uh, and the way that the, he made it sound, it actually sounded like a nuclear reactor, which also, like, okay. So, we'll start with the the one thing. I literally stopped what I was doing. I was making a pizza. I heard this, and, and said, I, I literally wrote well down enough. a note. So, literally, like, he mentioned, yes, he went to Los Alamos, right? He built the jet car, right? Then he went and did his own thing for a couple of years. All mm-hmm. right, so... Okay, he said he went into industry, he dropped out of the academic field, which makes little to no sense to me, especially if you're working on something as interesting as at Los Alamos. Like, I know a professor, he also works at Los Alamos, he will disappear for times and go there, and he's, in, I think he's in his 60s, and he's been doing it ever like since his 30s. Um, it's a very prestigious place to go. It's a very mm-hmm. high ranking. Like you have to be knowledgeable in your field in order to get in there. And Didn't they was... have they have a particle accelerator there, right? Uh, Am I misremembering that? They might have. Oh, they'll have cyclotrons there because okay. they do a lot of. He was right. They do a lot of uh, nuclear research there. Um, because and he that describes is... that reactor as being also like a cyclotron at some point in the yes. course of his discussion. Yeah. Yes, okay. he does. Which is probably the most feasible uh, approach to the topic, but I'm not going to bore you guys with scientific, my knowledge. Bless you. Yes. Um, That's why most of my notes are kind of invalid at this point. But I literally wrote, so he said that he went to Los Alamos. There was, uh, he said he went to Los Alamos in 82. Okay. Then he was uh, hired to do this project, to be part of this program in 89. Okay. So there was a seven year gap, right? He mentioned that he was in this program in his 20s. Okay. So I wrote, how the fuck does someone do graduate school? Because they won't just take like undergrads in. Like, like I said, Los Alamos is a, like, it's a, it's a research facility. It's not a college. Yeah. Like they're not just going to hire people off the street. They're not going to hire, like, I was thinking that he was an engineer, you know, and that like, maybe you don't need a doctorate in engineering in order to get hired there. I don't know. But he says he was a physicist, so that means he had to have gone through graduate school. Because and I, know I think from, he went to Caltech. I think is he, what he they said were he saying. had taken classes in Caltech and everything, even though the records aren't there. Right, whatever. But I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because, like, I'm not going to just immediately discount everything he said. But the main thing that I wanted to address is how the fuck did someone do graduate school, become good enough in your field to work at Los Alamos in '82? Learn how to build a jet engine because they don't teach that shit in physics. Uh, quit and do own business. So he owned his own business or at least one or maybe multiple of those. Then get hired by government for secret par- projects all in your 20s. Like that was that was the first major warning sign that was like something isn't necessarily right here. And I'll give him the like I'm not going to try and discredit him because there are people better than me that have tried. Mm-hmm. I don't care. That was the main thing that I'm just like what – what is he saying? Like, I don't understand exactly like where his narrative is coming from. And it, it's given me that dissonance that like now, really isn't vibing with me. This is the thing that I think they point out at multiple instances during the podcast is, is that there are so many individuals of your ilk, which is not intended to be condemnatory, but there are a lot of people who they hear his story and immediately start this where they start poking holes. in it. I believe now having watched the documentary, I can fill in some of the gaps here. 
he apparently graduated high school early. He was disinterested in a lot of the things, and so was able to. So I he got he was into a, a program earlier. That you would presume, based on yeah. some of this, that he was yeah. functioning on a higher plane than other people. Now, Michael is rolling his eyes and being rather flippant Ooh, about this. Look at him. He graduated college early. Oh, he, he what's probably college? was like. He probably was like. First in his class, valedictorian, gave a rousing speech. I oh. just find it funny that, that I got you into this trying to point out the more <laughs> interesting aspects of the story to me, which are flying saucers and I mean, unheralded things. And you're I, over here going like, I don't think he graduated college that early. That's yeah, you ridiculous. opened up I, a very dangerous box in Michael's brain that I don't think either of us could have anticipated being there. Because I, I feel like you've broken the poor man by just two episodes of a podcast. We apparently pinged a really big inferiority complex here on Mr. Clark, and it's, he's starting to get like, wound up. It's kind of like when your friend gets somber when you guys like talk about fingering people because he got fingered as a child. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I mean, uh, that's not too bad an analogy. As someone that's in there, starting there, uh, that just finished their 10th year of college. You know what it's like to be fisted financially? <laughs> Well, uh, <laughs> yes, but that's beside the point. Don't we all? It's whenever someone graduates early or does all this other stuff, like, it, it's just like, oh, that would have been nice if I was given that kind of direction and that kind of assistance to where I, you know, would have known to sign up for a fucking uh, test to take so I can get into grad school immediately well, after I graduated the first time and didn't have to take two more sem- uh, years of, of a secondary bachelor's so I can, you know, keep trying to get into grad school, but because I wasn't told how to prepare or study for a certain exam to get into grad school. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. It, 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 it was. Um, <laughs> Here's it, the, the closest it, it correlation me, but- I can give you. There are at least, even in Phoenix, there's like a child prodigy right now who's 15, who plays every instrument imaginable. He's I know. presently like all over the board. I it, don't it, look it, at that kid and hate him because I'm like, well, what the hell is my opportunity to do this one? It's like, it doesn't invalidate who you are as a person that someone else has achieved these things. I, I, I know. If it's even it, true. But, so but take like, a breath. I. I yes, I'll admit there was some bias in that sort of okay. angst. But I will also say that like you have to be hot shit to get into Los Alamos. Right. Like the professor that I know that works at Los Alamos, he is hot shit. Like he is very good in his field. <laughs> Did you fuck him? No. Sounds uh, like he you probably would have judged him. me harshly and failed me because like Because he, of your terrible dick giving skills? I took one class ability? with him. He usually only teaches graduate school or graduate classes. I he was forced to take forced to teach uh, quantum mechanics one uh, two semesters. I was his first one. The first thing he said to us as a class was like, "I never teach undergrad. I fucking well, he didn't say fucking. I hate it. I hate teaching undergrad. So I'm gonna grade you guys like graduate students. Essentially, I'm gonna give you A and B if you try." (laughs) <laughs> so there's a really big boil here that contains a lot of anger, enmity, and confusion, oh, it's and not we just every, lanced it. Yeah, no, it's no, not every I, day that we get to, you know, give you free therapy. But I will say I respect this professor because he knows what he's talking about. Like, I think that he should help restructure the undergrad program. Will he do that? No, no. because he's got better things to do. But At I, that university we don't name. Now. Now, additionally, additionally, uh, now you're speaking very highly of him. How would you rate his fellatio skills? 
I or don't. were you the one fellating? It's like he, yeah, um, he's not, you know, giving Michael head. I'm it's sorry. a power play here. Michael I don't wouldn't think be that... this angry. Hey, if he was I'm getting sorry. Off. If you enjoy yeah. something, you enjoy something. So I do believe that there are people that are in positions of power that instead of getting blown would be like, no, let me slab that hog into my mouth. Absolutely. Like, this just, doesn't. Michael wouldn't be this angry if that was happening, though. Kind of like a perspective yeah. manipulation, you know. So mm, yes. Oh, huh. Anywho, you were right, talking anyway, about sucking but, your professor's penis yeah and um but that like essentially the only the only thing i want to talk about because only oh <laughs> he said this five times now and keeps going back okay. to his notes well all right, all right all right sorry sorry so hey, we, there's we only there's only like 40 minutes of screen time Shut Just, up! You know this for... is this is the most I've talked in an episode in in, in talking like, uh, the most I've said. Get out of my life! He's talking here. Uh, I'm talking here. Oh, this is this is the most talking I've done in an episode you know what, in you like have, a long you time. Have a fair point. You and I, we have something in common. We're bottlers. I do it with emotions. You do it with words. So let's let's get this. Let's let's go. Yeah. Um. So I only want to say two things about the physics. Okay. okay. Um, one of which I didn't really look up and I even made a note to, um, but essentially like they mentioned, uh, that's why you don't work in, that's why you don't work at Los Alamos, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I'm, I'm nowhere near as good. enough. <laughs> I had a stroke. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm nowhere near as good enough, but, oh, damn it. I told myself earlier that I wanted to, um, look, look into up the camera element? and no, well, no, no, no. Well that, and I also wanted to be like, um government if you're listening to me fbi guy if you're seeing me through uh my webcam um if you can hire me onto this project that'd be really cool because i think i could solve the problem um just give me a chance please um you know where to contact me you already know where i am and by the way point. but anyway birds are fake <laughs> yeah yes. they aren't real uh, uh if you see one they are a lie so that's the first one so you're gonna hammer it in two more times at the rest of this episode mm-hmm. um so anyway uh the Isotope 115, I don't, like, there's an idea of a, um, what is, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it, very, very, very he- heavy elements, elements that we have not discovered. There is an island of stability, a theoretical island of sub- stability, in that very, very he- heavy, ev- ele- I'm getting too excited, very heavy elements that we have not synthesized yet here in a lab or wherever are reputed to be stable in that they don't they're not radioactive they don't break down into smaller elements as far as i am aware and future me looking at you fucker will look this up and post some or put something in the show notes for the i guess myself for my own sake um that Element 115 does not have any known isotopes that are stable at all. So the element, if you are looking for it, the uh, element is, is Muscovium. Muscovium. Because they they recently named that. It was discovered, yes. I think, in 2015 or 16. Um, but it was recently named, I believe, in 2017. In There's... 2003, it was first synthesized and then in December 2015 recognized as one of four new elements. So. Oops. Well, because I remember um, the podcast that I've mentioned before that I listened to, Hello Internet, one of the co or one of the co-hosts, he does a channel called Periodic Videos that has been running for 15, 16 years. It's been running for a long ass time. Okay. Um, he 
has videos on every single element and he was actually invited to um the conference i believe it was in moscow that's to great be part of it we're anyway, in the weeds anyway. michael get the fuck anyway, back on okay point. so so that and then the one thing i want to mention is gravitational waves um yes yeah, so they did mention in the lazar pot uh, episode mm-hmm. that they only recently discovered gravitational waves they were only recently able to detect gravitational waves from and this is the size comparison that i'm really going to mention Two rotating black holes that were colliding and fusing into one big one. Okay. So my main question, and this was the question I kept thinking about the whole fucking time he was talking about the reactor. How do you know that it's gravitational waves? How do you know that it's gravity? How do you know that it's anti-gravity? Because this is something that not a lot of people think of. And this is something that I've seen in a lot of sci-fi. Especially, and I'll, I'll even mention a good example that I can think of. Where... They just say, oh, it gives off X waves or it does X. Mm. But how do you measure that? How do you figure out how that occurs? We don't. We only recently found ways of measuring gravity waves given off by things that are way more massive than stuff that we like deal with on Earth. Gravity right. is a very weak force, mm-hmm. right? So uh, how, did, how did they know back in that time now, when we didn't have alien technology to measure and figure out that it was? Like, it could have just been a really good electromagnetic field. To your like, point. Now, they contextualize by saying that it is Corbell that brought that point up and told Bob to mention it. Bob didn't say that unbidden. And in the discussion, Corbell even says Bob was unimpressed with the fact that he has been proven correct at this point, where as opposed to thinking that gravity is made up of elements or gravitons, that it's waves, essentially. And Lazar's basically going, I didn't say that for a fact. One, I just, I guessed, and it's a 50-50 chance that I would have said there, it's not gravitons, which to his point is all he said. So you've got the loudmouthed idiot who's just over there flapping his fucking gums going like, yeah, tell him about the thing that you said that you talked to Fravor about where it's like, so it's not Lazar saying this. So you're, you're mad at fair. the wrong person. That's fair. Um, and he thinks that it's gravity because they told him that is what it was that they were dealing with, is that it creates a gravity field yes. around it. So he's operating off of, to his claim in the story, what he was told by other individuals. And he said the entire time they compartmentalized the information that they provided to individuals working on the project so that no one ever had a real full story. Now, granted, we can poke holes in that boat all we want to. Yeah, because I was going to say at the very beginning, he was handed a pamphlet that had several other uh, projects that were going on so they can coordinate. But that's yeah, that neither here a, nor there. It's a broad sweeping. Exactly. Just to say, and I don't, what's going I don't want to approach on. that. But yeah, so. that, like, that was the, because I have, like, the best example I can think of is the idea of sensors in a, in any sort of sci-fi, like mm. you could say Star Trek or, or Mass Effect or anything where they have sensors that are reading things before you get there. Especially when you're traveling, like the best part is when they're traveling at the speed of light and they're reaching a destination or something like that. How do you have sensors that are there beforehand? Did you shoot the sensor out at faster the speed of light? Like, right. how how can you read something before you have the ample equipment to read it in the first place? And that was the thing that really bugged me. I won't say that to discredit his story because I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm not going to be like, well, this is all bullshit because well, I wasn't see- there. But it. 
like it doesn't i i won't i don't care about the discrediting like right. that's that's the only thing like i'm not going to say his story is invalid but that was the thing that bugged me the most was that and and you're right it was mainly jeremy which i will give <laughs> lazar credit he did sound knowledgeable in several things he mentioned talking about load bearing things uh specifically about circuits and my mother Yes. Well, <laughs> she's not very load bearing anymore. She can uh, she can only handle wrong. so much. <laughs> um, but damn it, that distracted what I was saying. Um, it's there, but for but, you for knowing the science and understanding physics are going to obviously be a little more interested and then get hung up by or tripped up by the elements that don't make any sense. Yes, and That's that was easy. why. Continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that was why Jeremy bugged me so much. Yes, like, and Jeremy is obviously an idiot. So I mean, yes, I, I gave you. I should have probably prefaced by going into this saying, "Don't pay attention to the bearded bastard because he has no clue what he's talking about. He's over there talking about you know saints that he believes are aliens and random nonsense." Yeah, he that man is. What about the painting where they painted the UFOs in there? Well, that was Rogan. So. <laughs> No, so, I thought it was Jeremy that brought that can up. Can we no, go Rogan. ahead, uh, oh. note to the editor here, and at uh-huh. this point in the timestamp, can you insert the noise that happens in Zelda when he uh, finds an item? I believe it goes something around like, because that's, this has been that's copyright. Michael's <laughs> Science Corner. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Do you want to hear some science philosophy then? No, I don't. No. <laughs> no, well, okay. All right, all right, all right. I didn't realize that we were going to get balls deep on this. You I just thought that you we brought have... this upon yourself. I'm, you know, <laughs> for, for being a free-form episode, this has a topic. Yes, we, yes and it several, fucking in fact. does. Now, here's the funny thing, and then we're going to dismount, because I... Fine. Y- your rant has gotten to, you know, Corbell levels of incoherency, because you're just Ouch. so worked up that... Okay, yeah, he yes, just called you right. a little bitch, and you took it. <laughs> can I... Okay, can I... Can I... I, I will let you have a summation. Okay. All right, go for it, then. But to strengthen your argument, but also to kind of point out other things, is that Lazar even pokes cells in his own story were saying... They had radio communication with the craft when it would go up, and he's saying that shouldn't have happened. You shouldn't be able to have radio communication with something that has a gravity field around it. It wouldn't be able to pass. So he even points out there are inconsistencies with what we know. So the easiest sort of like calcifying point I can make to Lazar's whole thing is he's essentially saying we don't understand what it was we were working on. There's nothing about this that makes sense to us. And his metaphor he draws, which I thought you would have been more impressed by, is it would be akin to dropping like a nuclear reactor into, you know, Victorian England and then watching them try to take that apart and figure out how it works. They don't have even a vague concept of what it is that they're touching. And that's what he was pointing out. And unfortunately, his story has now just gotten blown to out of proportion. Now, and he I, could I, be an absolute moron. And, yes. you know, the context of that podcast doesn't paint him in the best light either. Yes. So that is I all will I say, will say. I do feel sorry for him because, mm. like, I wouldn't want to deal with 30 years of getting cr- constantly harassed about stuff. Right. Regardless of anything else, like... His identity being removed, all that other stuff. If we just believe the fact all that, this. Yes. The, like, not even counting that. Just the fact that you have to wake up and, oh, there's 30 more people that are camped outside your door that want to talk to you about aliens. Yeah. Like, I got I, I, I feel sorry for the man. Like, like 
especially because he was he was pressured into talking about this stuff right. regardless of its veracity or like that i don't even care about that yeah. like you're when you're pressured into saying something that you don't necessarily want to say and then you have to spend the rest of your life dealing with it like that sucks yeah like regardless of anything else like i just i feel sorry for him like at so least, yeah what are the but, elements of mr corbell's uh, other things that he pointed out that really chapped your ass since you have notes what are the were there specific things that set you off other than going into the weeds any further i mean uh, gravitate uh, if it not not anything that's like i don't want to get into physics with, okay. with you guys but so, well, but there's there's so you will one thing I, I yes it's not about physics it's more about how we approach these sort of things okay right so i because and, and what joe and i already said this what joe rogan said about skepticism really vibed really well with me and that made me also think about my own self and approach how I was approaching the episodes in question. Like, I, I really had to do a double take there. And props to him for, for thinking that way, regardless of what it approach or what it applies to. Like, the whole idea of skepticism isn't that you shouldn't outright discount something, but you should try and think of ways that you can test it. Right. And that's something that, like, I feel should occur in these sort of situations. Like, oh, there was a Tic Tac thing. We've had reports because he did mention they have seen, or uh, they've they've um, the the ship I believe it was got reports of other blips on the radar, right. other things that they had not identified. They didn't let the pilots know, yes, which was kind of a dick thing to do. Which, but I don't know the protocols for you know what goes on. Right. But like, if there is UFOs and stuff like that, we should test. We should like the whole idea behind science is that. It's not just one thing. It's not just one sort of phenomenon and like poof and it happens and it's like, oh, now we got to start thinking about what it goes on. Like we need to recreate it. We need to figure out what happens. And that's something that I feel like a lot of these conspiracy theorists don't take into account. They don't think, oh, it must be aliens or, you know, oh, it must be the government controlling us. It's like, but how can we recreate it? Like if there are aliens, sure, whether or not there are, I don't care. Like that, because that doesn't matter to me whether, like, the, the, what people suppose, what people assume, would doesn't you say matter. it anti matters to you? And also, sure, just for the record, um, if it flies, it spies. Because <laughs> birds are alive. <laughs> oh, well, Michael, but, thank you yes, for getting yeah, yeah. round up into yeah. a, a nice, rich, foamy lather here. And I uh, should have gotten drunk for it. It really, would have been more really coherent. shouldn't have. That was... Uh, yeah, this... Uh, okay. You know, the thing that it does for me is that it sort of helps to coagulate this idea or coalesce that you and I see things dramatically differently. And I listened to those just from the, oh, this is it's an entertaining story. I found this is something that was intriguing enough that I spent time. And obviously, I can recount enough details from it that I, I was interested enough and invested in it. But, uh, wow. Yeah, I, it offended you almost. I will say, if Jeremy was not there, if Jeremy was yeah. not there at all, I would be in the same boat as you. He's because an oaf. they were just, yes, they were just recounting what they saw. They weren't saying let's let's start coming up with assumptions. Let's start saying that it's all these things. They're like, this is my story, and Joe Rogan's like, cool, that's a story. If that was the case, I would have been like, thanks for sh- sharing that with me. That would have been great. But then yeah. Jeremy had to come waltzing in and. 
If he yeah. uh, was walking through a convention with other scientists, he would be whistling Stranger in Paradise. That's what you're saying. Uh, I don't get the reference, but okay. All right. Now, <laughs> well, Michael, would you be so kind, um, before we dive into the rest of what we have on this episode, mm. to maybe yes. play uh, <laughs> maybe an elevator waltz or a little intermission jingle while I go use the facility? Uh, or I can just cut it out. I think probably, probably like right. Yeah, we don't need to add <laughs> dead space into these goddamn things. I'm not yet. saying for the entire time, but oh, grow I mean, up and I'll go probably, pee already. <laughs> I'll probably just say it. It's an instantaneous piss, so that you should come back right about now. It all feels like a dream. <laughs> a well, big ball draining dream. Yeah. So cool. Well, Thank uh, you. I legit thought. That that discussion was a 15-minute discussion, not a 45-minute discussion. That was basically the episode, you know, for the most yeah. part. And, um, and I honestly didn't even get into a majority of it. I won't. Be, I'll well, just bottle it up. Basically, we I wasn't trying to angle it to where we did a companion piece to their you podcast. Should, I just Well, you should have said that. You should have prefaced by, like, this will be a short bit here. And I've yeah. been like, okay, I'll, I'll shorten okay. it down here. But well, here, I'm nothing gonna... where you're offering an opinion is a short bit, Michael. Oh, by any means. So we're, we're going we're gonna to swing into a different gear before no. we uh, do. I have another gear. Oh my god! If I don't could, break the transmission, if I there. Could talk for three fucking seconds today. Go no, um, <laughs> no. Per- now, how, how does it feel? <laughs> so I'm just gonna give Michael a little bit of role play of how the last hour felt to me. So <laughs> snore. <laughs> essentially, I'm gonna talk about something that you don't know anything about. Uh, I was gonna oh, say I watched John I, just completely languish that entire time. I told you what to. I told you what episodes. Yeah, so I can go check it out. That, it was. I, I'm not talking too much shit to you, my dear Michael. <laughs> no more than usual. Um, so Shane, you'll be happy to know that I've uh, past two two days. I have been playing nba 2k on my <gasps> on my career so the story mode and i have a hot take which is it is not a fucking video game with how they approach like ham fisting a narrative it's fucking crazy and so for someone who hasn't played it before you okay. spend this time one you're allegedly supposed to be able to use a companion app on your phone to scan your face to have your likeness in the video game. What they which oh, works. I've, see, what I, they, I've seen pictures of people attempting that. What or they attempting don't other things. tell you is that that app is literally fucking cancer and oh. does <laughs> barely work, which is surprising from a triple A video game backed by a corporation that can afford better apps and technology have have you played or seen videos of the most recent wwe video game no because i'm an adult (laughs) shane 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 knows i haven't played it but i've seen i heard enough people talk about the graphics yeah it is ghastly (laughs) yeah yeah like 2k has got nothing on that so like that is like um it is it, well 2k is who produced the the wrestling game y- yes so, I, I i know but like like so they it's N- the NBA. same company yeah yes so. but like so that aside because one yeah. the face the narrative is ghastly the face scan yes. doesn't work for me it did the okay. app just doesn't connect and when it does connect i've tried the face scan probably like 16 fucking times to the point where every time i get an error message I have to resist breaking my phone, and the only reason I don't 
throw my phone is because I want to Reddit as a like as a guide, which is what I usually do with any tech or game or any problem because it's a, a good way to kind of suss through fact and fiction for the most part, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, is because Becky was the one holding the phone per Reddit's in guidance that someone yes. else should take the pictures for you. If yeah. I was holding the phone and got that error message as many times as I had, I would not have a phone right now. Yep. Secondary. Have you thought about the fact that you're too white and that it reflects off your yeah, skin? Yeah, I've considered that, Michael. Too pale. Yeah. Sorry, pale. pale. Um, anyway. Well, I should mention, I got it to work after like the 16th time of Jesus me scanning my own pictures. Christ. Well, you have more now, patience. I look like Forrest Whitaker in that game because one of my eyes is almost permanently shut. That's amazing. Like I'm, I squint the entire time, and every single time it cuts to me on the yeah. like it being interviewed or anything, I'm like, "Hey, what's up?" So, <laughs> so let me this. I'll try to make this as short a story as I can. Uh, oh, no, please you can take, take an time. hour. Um, yeah, we got plenty. Take of time. an hour. I you you deserve as much. So, last night Becky finished up work, and you know. Since we are stay at home, you know, she comes down and I, I want to be as respectful as I possibly can. I've had all day downstairs to do her the fuck I want to do. So, hey, if you want the TV, you, what do you want to do is the question. Not yeah. me, not us, you. Like, what's going to decompress you because you Aww, work today? That's so sweet. And what she wanted to do is she wanted to learn uh, or use the uh, that piano app, Simply Piano. And she wanted to do a couple more lessons. And we moved the piano downstairs yesterday so that I, throughout the day, could start doing that. And, you know, we're, we're probably going to leave it down there for a little bit. So she says that. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I'll just play a game. So I boot up 2K. And I start the my career. Fast forward through wanting to kill myself and everyone involved with that game uh, for the, the character creation. It's tough. Oh, my God. I think she... I think I spent an hour and a half bordering two hours. Um... Shut up, dog. Um, I spent <laughs> almost two hours uh, playing yesterday. It's Forrest Whitaker. It's the yeah. ghost dog. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> and I would say in the two hours of playtime, I had a basketball on the court for probably 20 minutes of that. And I backed out, and I was about to like go to a different area. And it's like, hey, are you sure you want to do this? It'll throw you right into your NBA career and skip the rest of the prelude. And I said, this is the fucking prelude? <laughs> <laughs> I literally thought of the um, Stay Alive bit, whereas, can we please skip this bullshit cinematic foreplay? I want to fuck. <laughs> yeah. And, and from that point forward, I skip almost every cinematic because I do not give a shit about the ham-fisted story that they're trying to, to throw into there. Um, also, the last uh, last complaint that I have before I'll say that I'm actually having fun is that in all of this prelude time, they're not teaching you any fundamentals. They just expect that you've played every entry of 2K from yep. the beginning of fucking time, and it is infuriating that they would alienate new members well, or new to, players. They they legit think that you're going to play the tutorial that you are while the game is loading going to sit and waste an hour of your life going through the tutorial I've trying gone, to figure out I've gone through the 2K like the, the little that tutorial yeah. but I gave it a passing glance I'm not going to go analytically study every everything I expect they want you to I expect a campaign mode which is what my career is to naturally teach you those things throughout the game 
Like that's well, that's what game design is to me. To their point, <laughs> they do have team practices when you eventually get to that point, well, and that's how you learn your skills. Because you, I am, I am officially, I've, I, I've, I'm past the draft. I'm in the summer league right now, okay. um, and I am doing. Oh my god! Yeah, how much? That I'm, is you, dude. You are like. A, a millimeter into that game Fuck. right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 you haven't even started the season yet. Yeah, no. he's he, it is a long winded that all the cinematic stuff at the beginning. Now, it, to make it even worse, not to derail no, your please. story, in the previous iterations of 2K, you could not skip that. You had to go through it. So now, I've been, at least now you can just blitz through that. I've if been, you yeah, want I was, to. I've been itching to talk to you since I started playing last night, but I would, I was figuring I would save it for now. Um, yeah. so in your opinion, have you watched all the cinematics? Is it worth skipping? Yeah, it's, I don't feel there are aspects of it that you benefit from by like playing in the, the round robin tournaments and like playing against other college athletes and things like that. So those games that happen are worth getting to, um, and figuring out who you want to go with as far as, um, like contracts for like your Nike contract or whether you want to go with Jordan or any of those others, they are demonstrably different. So there are some aspects of it that are worth it. But yeah, no, I skipped a lot of, I'm talking I, narrative, I tried, like story, like, the... yeah, I skipped most of the narrative shit of like, you have a falling out with your coach and all the other nonsense oh, is like, goodness. Hey, kudos for casting Idris Alba. Yeah. Like, he he well looks done. fantastic. The capture, the oh, animation shit. capture is fucking amazing. And, uh, yeah, Rosario, is he the coach? Yeah, uh, her in particular, oh. like, uh, yeah, it was great. And I'm having yeah. fun. Um, at moments you just want to play basketball yeah. yeah i i want to i want it to be i hit x to confirm i hit the confirmation button that yes i want to mm. continue the summer league or whatever right. um the oh okay this is it and then we're do mo- it we're Go. moving forward only other gripe that i have and please tell me if it comes back into play later but i think it, it was, comes back into play later i think it was the <laughs> most bullshit thing in the world for when you are uh getting ready for the compile um they have these like little mini games that are your compile testings yeah that the they've never is... never introduced never even mentioned and then they turn them into these bullshit hard to configure mini games and they're like well we'll be easy on you we'll give you two practice runs and then the third uh-huh. time so let me and also we're not we're going to say the mechanics that we expect you to do but we're not going to show you the mechanic. We're just going to have it written out because, you know, we have a huge budget for this game but we spent it all on those two that actor and that actress. So <laughs> <laughs> Man, I will tell you, Melissa if when she's hearing this is going to be losing her shit cuz she's watched me do those and the bench press Bullshit. makes me want to destroy the world because the mechanics they never explain and one even when you figure out the mechanics i can i probably i think seven is the highest i've gotten and, and that's it's two because stars. you have to like toggle the two and balance it so the thing stays in the middle and it is the most impossibly hard shit is... I, I feel like an imbecile playing that yeah it was just monstrously demotivating like going through yeah. those and then maybe maybe it's a design choice though maybe it's like hey like you're supposed to be like 
okay but not too good but then if you're failing every challenge like that or and i didn't fail them all i did okay luckily on some of them yeah. but like you have all these people approaching you and in, in the narrative like your agent or whatever the fuck um and just being like oh well you know it's, it's gonna be tough but i think you can do it it's like really because i've literally done nothing good this entire time but everyone's sucking my dick because i told elba to go fuck himself because yep. <laughs> It's, it's really nonsense and like i think the first time i went through those i got like last place out of the combine scores in half of them because yeah. you just yeah you they don't explain it and the the sprinting in particular like the first time you try to get the mechanic of you're trying to do it as fast as humanly possible and you just fuck it up yeah it's tough but anyway that was my little soapbox for nba 2k so of so- it's, soon well, our characters will be able to play together but for now if it makes you feel even better so as you go through the season you have to go in and train to get boosts so you have to do that every week you have to go work out at a gym and do squats and bench press and like battle ropes and sprints and stuff with that same mechanic to boost yourself up otherwise you have difficulty competing in games it doesn't make me feel as bad because at least it's not just a throwaway mechanic that they introduced for one arbitrary scene so if it comes back into play and there are opportunities to like kind of refine it like it's the dark souls approach right like i don't care that i am dying all the time as long as you are trying to teach me what to not do yeah. So, and it's something that you can use if later. It's, if it's not just a, a a skill check, just to arbitrarily be a skill check, that's a different yeah. thing. Uh, so, I don't have the fast twitch muscle fiber. Yeah. yeah, like I can understand like the that frustration with a video game concept is that like if you're gonna throw something that's difficult at me, like make it worth my while. Right. Like do it again, do it again, so that like. I'm bad at it at first, I'm sure, but then I can practice with it, and that by the time I do it during the last part of the game where that's a thing, then I can feel like I've accomplished something. Um, Your rookie year is a real crucible. You have to endure a lot because you are going to be demonstrably worse than a lot of people for at least the first, like, 20 games. Okay. Well, I'm I'm having fun, though. It it is hitting one criteria. It's hitting a criteria uh, that I didn't hope for but i am happy that it's here it is going to be a game that i can pop in and out of with with relative ease um that's good in other video game news as far as let's let's open the poll on what we're doing with our time um, Ooh, i was just ad- gonna ask additionally that question to that becky and i well we watched season one of mr robot it was her first time watching that and that that went really well she really enjoys it and it's it holds up well uh but what we've been focusing on for the past four days is we are cooperatively playing the last of us you know we're just couch we're we're couch soloing it because you know it's a it's a single player game so we're just kind of uh deciding upgrades together and passing the controller back and forth Oh, because that is that's still my favorite game of all time um well of all i assume you're gonna be I have have I'm I'm hoping that you haven't have you seen the leaks? I have not and have if happened? you utter Okay a good. Breath I have not no no I have not. I have not and I'm purposely I'm glad that you haven't either. Yeah, I um, so the to, to fill Shane in, um a ale- allegedly a hacker accessed the um servers for Naughty Dog, the publishing company, uh and pretty much found the whole plot to the last of us part two which Ah. is set to it was supposed to release last month but because of covid um 
It's set to release later this uh, month, June. I think. Um, oh, June. Okay, okay. So it pretty much released the whole plot, including the end of it. Uh, and Naughty Dog has responded by pretty much copyright striking anyone that has presented that information on YouTube. All right. Um, so it's been a the whole thing. I mean, part but of essentially, the fun is like, playing it, though. I mean, yeah, I exactly. It, but... Like, I've I've made sure that I did not. I've, not read into any of it because i don't want to catch it because i enjoy i don't even i don't even look into comment sections on naughty dog posts anymore because there are the people that are those digital embodiment of the person running out of barnes and nobles after half-blood prince comes out screaming dumbledore dies snape kills dumbledore uh spoiler (laughs) no no fuck you you've had so much they even they even made a cliff note version for you you fucking moron if you haven't (laughs) you don't you don't get spoiler warnings for that well allow me to ruin the mood with a hot take here uh Uh i'm i'm not ready for it yet what the last of us yeah that's oh, fine. I was going to say, a, Half-Blooded Prince? I had a video pop up on my uh, my timeline of when we were recording Volume 1, and that's when uh, there's videos I have of baby versions of Nocturne in the background of you playing the tutorial, uh, or the, yeah. the intro area to The Last of Us. Do you own it? I do. Yeah, yeah. I got it. I played through um, to the point where you are... You've just discovered the young lady, and you're trying to work her through the city, essentially. Okay. And I got to that point. Oh, so, like, very beginning. Yeah, and it. I just got... The mechanics didn't thrill me, and I... That's fair. Pre or post-Horizon? Post-Horizon. Okay. It's a beautiful game, I mean, but it's it's obviously a little outdated by the can be It can be frustrating to play through. And it's... I, one, just... I tend to be a creature of habit with video games in that I play it because I want to relax and enjoy it. And if a game frustrates me like that, where Bloodborne is the one exception, Dark Souls has started to will out because I just gave up on Dark Souls after a while. But, I mean, Bloodborne was the one where I, I was willing to redouble the efforts because I was engaged with the game. Last of Us did not hook me for some reason. And I it's a beautiful-looking game. I like the concept. But, like, I haven't... The only other game that requires that level of patience uh, that I've enjoyed was Hitman. Okay, and I never played I can Hitman. wait through um, the, like, okay, you can't just outright run and start engaging things with full angry <clears throat> violence. You just have to wait and be patient and pick your moments. Uh, I can't. It didn't do anything. Have you, have you ever played the Uncharted series? No. I I would recommend that you at least attempt to give it a shot. Especially, I'd recommend you um, fuck off. Well, <laughs> um, it's it's made by Naughty Dog, so the, the so the story is very much the same. It's like an Indian, okay. so, it's Indiana Jones, basically. It's a right. sen- yes. Um, if you enjoy the way that the characters are written and how the story plays out, uh, because it's a lot more swashbuckling. Like, okay. Indiana Jones I, I is a lot more... as enamored with the dialogue and the, the character devices and things. Oh, well, then in that so. case, then here, I here, can just on. fuck let me, off. Let then. me throw some pepper on it. <laughs> I own the uh, Uncharted collection that has the first three remastered. I okay. will loan that to you when our government overlord says it's safe to do so. And you can play through with no commitment. You know, no monetary yeah. commitment, which is the sweetening of the pot that you need. Yes. Uh, so I will loan that to you next time I physically see your beautiful self in person. 
Bless you. I, <laughs> and then I also have, if you have, if you do like the three, I, I also have Uncharted Aragon. 4. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> I'll just put that in your mailbox when you're not looking. Um, I need to get rid of it somehow. Uh, but I also have Uncharted 4. So if you lap up all three yeah, of those and you it. really you like it, money. I will... I actually bought the PlayStation 4 with the the Uncharted 4 like combo thing because it was like really cheap at the time well, and I had like extra money. But anyway, if you do like them, you can play all four for free apparently. Okay. Right. So and moving on, what are we of, playing? Well, I was going to say I'll you, let him you go. stepped yeah. on my Sigourney segue. Oof. Ouch. So That's got to burn. We'll we'll get back to that. Uh, I'll let Michael go and then I will go with my Sigourney segue. Okay, that's fine. Um so, I uh, well, I'm going to ask, and I don't know what the answer I'm expecting. So, have either of you played Metro 2033 or Metro Last Light? I played 2033, but I played like half of it. Okay. Behold, I finally get to be Michael on this podcast. Nope. Have you read the book? Nope. Metro 2033. It's oh, okay. Nope. Well. It is a book. Nope. I mean, if you've you've played the you played even part of the game, you've probably seen that book plastered every fucking everywhere you fucking look, posters and books. It, okay, so Metro twenty thirty three is a book written by I. Uh, uh, he's a Russian guy. I'm not even going to try and pronounce Nabokov. the name. Sounds about right. Sure. Yeah, publish it. Yes. Um, but anyway, the whole idea is that it's uh, post apocalyptic. Um, the idea is that uh, World War three happened. Everyone nuked each other. The people that were in the Moscow Metro, which is a huge metro, um, survived. Glass. Sure. Um, <laughs> or but the whole idea. A subway for the Americans amongst us, if you're not a British chap. Crikey. Um, <laughs> Fuck uh, <laughs> Tea and crumpets and all that. Um, but the whole idea is, is it follows this character um, twenty years after that happened, and he you you play as this guy named Artyom. It's kind of like if Fallout met uh, Bioshock. Okay, it's a very atmospheric and depressing. It, it's a very 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 depressing and atmospheric game. Well, it's, I haven't. I, uh, I think I haven't completed either of those games. So you uh, should read. The book, because the you book and the first game, twenty thirty three. Get out of here! <laughs> you should watch um, your no, mouth. Well, both both the books, because I read twenty thirty three and twenty thirty four. Um, both are really good. The video games twenty thirty three and twenty or and Last Light are also like, in my opinion, very good. They're survival horror. So if you don't like the whole sneaking around thing, you might not like them. Um. Especially, especially twenty thirty three because it, it relies a lot more on the. It plays like like he said, like Bioshock. Um, so essentially, that's what I'm playing. I'm playing Last Light oh. because I bought uh, Metro Exodus a couple like last month, two months ago, and I wanted to play through twenty thirty three and Last Light again before and I and then got before into it. Shane's Sigourney segue. If you are looking for a cheap um, survival horror game on the PlayStation. The... I love cheap horse. <laughs> cheap horse. <laughs> he said horror, not horror. Damn it, I'm sorry. I got excited for no reason. <laughs> um, the Resident Evil remaster is $5 right, or until, oh. well, until tomorrow. So the listeners won't be able to enjoy it, but I snagged a copy because I, that is like pinnacle, that is like the OG survival horror. 
Now, I enough. have never played it, and uh, it might be worth investigating. $5 is the price tag you bow, or you say is the appropriate for a game for you. So I can swing $5, yeah. Anyway, Shane, you were Sigourney Segwaying? I was Sigourney Segwaying, and it is apropos of both what I wanted to talk about and what we are currently talking about. So I, today... Rather than playing video games, which I have been playing some 2K still, uh, got to go help my folks continue to clear out the storage unit, which is just a time capsule that I never wanted to have until I started opening these. So I discovered a great many things in boxes, one of which is my completely uh, in in original packaging. Original. My my original packaging there uh my playstation 2 oh which i also in previous excursions found my playstation 1 my super nintendo and my nes so i have every gaming system i have ever owned you are yeah fully stocked exactly now it's a lot of fun so i think i have sold all of my games for all of the previous gaming systems so zia when the quarantine is lifted i will probably be heading your way to unburden myself with some of these things i also i also have a bunch of playstation and playstation 2 games that i can give you honestly like if 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 you want them who wants i'll give you aragon oh i'm not taking it anyway But no, so. I, I have a bunch of I have a bunch of games that like I have like remasters and higher consoles for. Okay. So I can I can give you like God of War two ah. if you want that. Um, well, I'm not sure I'm going to go like through that. the trouble of reconnecting all these things <laughs> and trying to get archaic technology to to function on newfangled devices. But not with that attitude. In the midst of this, now this is something we may keep in or we may not keep in. But I'm debating whether or not you will find this as interesting or funny as I did because it. I have in my hands a letter Ugh. which I found amongst a bunch of correspondence that I had in a box because apparently I'm hyper nostalgic for a lot of things. So I had like letters I was given w- by a girl that I corresponded with when I was like 10. It's a love letter? I, I have a love letter in my hands that Ooh. was given to me even better because never let the truth get in the way of a good story uh, on this exact day 20 years ago. Now Read that's it. too goddamn interesting. Do you know what's now, on there? Or what's no? funny is that do it. <laughs> oh, I'm going to. But so the, okay. to contextualize why it's even more funny is it illustrates the facets of my personality which have endured from my teenage years to my adulthood. And I think you gentlemen will. So on Smodcast they did this. Kevin Smith did like video diaries of himself pre-clerks. And it's become fabled in the course of, like, their podcast history and that emo Kev was discovered. Now, I wish <laughs> that I had my rebuttal to this young woman. Because essentially, to contextualize, I was given this on the last day of school when I was a senior and I was graduating. And this is a young woman who I had been in, like, journalism class with. And she was very sweet, so this very makes kind. You, uh, eight, 17, 18? Yes, I was 18. And so she and I were friendly uh, and... Long story short, too late, after she gave me this, I realized that she had feelings for me, and we had a whirlwind sort of torrid romance over the summer before I went off to college, and a lot of strange things happened, and a lot of my sort of, like, awakening mentally occurred during the course of this. And, and sexually. No. Not sexually. Remember, like I was a virgin 26. until I was 26. Oh, true. So. How do true, I remember right, that? Right. <laughs> because I've said it several times. But no, it's just interesting for like the context of everything. So was, I will read yeah. you this letter. Was there dry that, humping? Yes. 
Okay. I mean, well, I was. If it's a not teenager, in, it doesn't count. <laughs> now you uh, came in your pants, be... just not on her. Yes. Yeah. If it's not inside, it doesn't count. <laughs> All right. So um, this is a three-page letter. I will burn through this as quickly as possible by dealing with a you know seventeen-year-old girl's handwriting that is on pink paper, which is very faded after you know twenty years. Oh my of god! Yeah. How can you read Michael, that? That that looked faded. Michael, can I can I get away with this one? Can you? No. Roll music. Uh, I'm just gonna play what he just did over knows, and over again. Who knows what music we're gonna, please don't do that. Maybe that would be in a Nicholas Sparks movie throughout the whole length of his. Sounds like a you problem. If you find a clip that is worthy of being added on, you it could be playing right now. So the listeners can know. The um, listeners will, though, all right. whether or not you were successful in your mission. Shane, right, do you have so, a title? I do not. All right, so this is untitled. Can you title it? Untitled, because as it oh. were, I, I think if if we had my retort to this letter, it would probably make it a little easier for me to come up with the context here. But so I, I just find this, I this is more for the fact that, again, there are aspects of my personality displayed by this letter rather than the grandiosity of me pointing out the nice things that she says about me or things like this. So this isn't for my ego. It's mostly because you'll find this funny. I love it. Let's, oh, yeah. That's what I assumed at the get-go. You've officially right. made my week. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. So, oh, Let's trust me, it. It, it tickled me to death when I was looking through these things. The the sheer volume of shit that I have saved over the course of my life is staggering. All right, Shane. Hey, well, I'm not exactly sure of where to begin, so I guess I'll just dive in. You know those voices in your head that always seem to be arguing? Well, mine are in an all-out battle. Uh... Half of them are telling me to stop writing, and the other half are telling me that if I even think about it, they will kick my butt. Uh, I can't wait to see who will win the war, but until then, I'll just keep writing. Today, I realize that there are two types of people in this world. One like my mom, and one like my dad. You're either cruel with good intentions, or nice with selfish intentions. I have not, as of yet, found any exception to the rule. If you know of any, I would like to know. In my yearbook, you said that you hoped that you would have made some sort of an impression on my life. Well, that is an understatement. There is no godly way to explain it, so my attempt would never be able to say exactly what I want to. Oh well. Why is it that whenever you're around, there seems to be hordes of people at your heels ready to obey your every command? You once told me that you feel uncomfortable in any social situation in which there are lots of people, yet I think that you will never be able to have a level of comfort. There will always be a semi-loyal groupie hanging on your every word, even if you lost her, at high. Just remember, you have no obligation to anyone. You really should give up the aimless flirting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Shots fired. Don't be afraid to say no once in a while, because I know you are. Don't be around people you hate either. They make you bitter, and that's when your alter ego comes into play. I don't like him much. (laughs) I've seen it. I'm selling you like it's this. I think I've seen him. This is such a weird reflection of me personally that like I read it and it's an emotional roller coaster for me to get through this letter. 
Jeez. Uh, her handwriting changes at this point, which is even more frightening because it's been mostly block print and now it's in cursive. It was like, well, that's as much lecturing as I have the energy to do. All right. You are the single most intelligent person I have ever met. I did not say that just, you know, for my own ego here. I love how you flaunt it to people who need a good kick in the mouth and you deny <laughs> it amongst people you consider to be your friends. God damn. Which again, aspects of my personality I'm not entirely comfortable with. But uh, So you will encounter people who will try to change you, but only allow change where change is due. You have, I'll skip this because I don't think that's really something that you all need to know. No, but, no, uh, no, it, no, no. Talking about your dick size? No. Uh, she, <laughs> she indicates I am the inspiration for many of her poetic blunders. I was the editor Aww. of the high school literary oh, okay. magazine. That's so, sweet. yeah. It's, oh, that's uh, I'll cute. just okay, we'll leave fair, some fair. of that away. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, this thing has taken so long to write. I have to stop every two minutes because I'm on the verge of tears. And I don't intend to make light of this. And so forgive me, please, young woman uh, or middle-aged woman by the time we all get to this. But, uh, yeah, this was not intended to, to mock or anything. It's just interesting it's find. It's cute. So, yeah, I, yeah. It's just, yeah. It's adorable. I didn't I like think it. that this was going to have such a great effect on me. How do you do it? I find myself in one of my contemplations, and there you pop up every time. It doesn't matter what I started to think about. The subject always ends on you. No one has ever had that kind of effect on me. Whatever it is that, that you do, you do it well. Aha. Why is life so cruel? Oh, well, it's going to be how it's going to be. Can't change fate. I think I'm going to have to change my music collection, though. I don't think heavy metal will remind me of you. There you go for a dead belief. <laughs> uh, sorry about the distancing, yada, yada. So this, you know, we didn't talk much like as we were year, building year towards. End apologies. Yeah, basically. So uh, when I was around you, I didn't exactly know what I was supposed to say. Your constant appearance in my thoughts made me put you on a fairly high pedestal that I told myself I could never reach without falling. You are fast approaching God status. Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Shit. you will be missed i can promise uh i can promise you that things sure won't be the same without you here if you haven't already figured it out this is my feeble attempt to make you remember me oh god fantastic woman well i just uh, had but, uh, shivers that was uh, uh -huh. yeah i was like wow because that actually is are 20 very... years later and she has accomplished yeah. her goal Without so. question, uh, being immortalized, in fact. But uh, yeah, for shoot. the 15 people that will hear this. Hey, immortality is immortality, so. Damn straight, yeah. imagine immortality, John. Oh. Oh. So, I don't get the reference. Uh, I suppose that that is inevitable. Uh, but I'm not going down without a fight. Email me sometime. Now, this is even funnier because I was on the cusp of, I, in my high school career, went from when we had to write letters to friends <clears throat> And when you could actually email people. So I, in most of the letters I found, it was from people I went to high school with my senior year, giving me their email address for the first time in a letter that was sent to my home so we could correspond further without having to, you know, put postage on it. Wouldn't it be so, crazy if you sent an email to her and it actually was the same email? Like, she hasn't changed emails? Ooh. It would indeed. That's uh, quite something. But uh, here, this is why you will appreciate this. And this was the, the parting shot for this whole bit that I knew that you would love other than the other ones. But email me sometime. 
her email address, you'll have to conform to the ways of the web at some point, unless you're serious about that Amish thing. <laughs> wow. That is, uh, that is the most Shane thing of all time. So I love I it. Nothing's changed, gentlemen. God, you know you're just opening up uh, Pandora's box, basically, by reading that letter, because now there's so many questions. And, mm-hmm. uh, well, I guess the, the easiest question to ask is, have you followed up prior to rediscovering that letter? Um, we had a cor- uh, we had uh, occasion to correspond whilst I was in college, and I think the last time I spoke to her, I was in my mid twenties, and I think that was where we fell off the map. I believe she got married, and I was riding a very odd emotional roller coaster at that point and so yeah we we haven't spoken in in years but finding that was very entertaining i imagine so yeah. thank you for sharing that that was uh yeah. very very uh that was cool to be honest i mean if you. there's anything to, to pop up on a podcast that we're doing uh i would think that a something that dates me to you know the exact time and place 20 years ago and and where i was was a pretty entertaining find yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah still a curmudgeonly bastard who has uh, multiple personality disorder and doesn't like the internet so but yeah, you have the apparently he's got a bunch of followers too that so that that bit gets <laughs> that bit gets me a lot because it actually holds weight. Um, What's uh, funny is that, like, immediately after that is, like, the group of, uh, as we read My Immortal, I have random flashbacks to my random, like, uh, gaggle of goth groupies that were following me around in my mid-twenties. So, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it, it, it wills out. I didn't think that it would hit you, like, so strongly. Um, well, I mean, it's also cute, like, that, like, especially considering we know how the letter how it turned out mm-hmm. you guys were in a relationship for that summer yeah. so it was a cool like it it was an interesting read considering that we already knew how it kind of turned out yeah. which was it, it was cute. i mean it had the I, desired I, I effect it. in in all uh, aspects of looking at that letter uh she got everything she wanted out of it and probably some of it that she wished she wouldn't have gotten unfortunately i'm <laughs> yeah. sure for anyone who has dealt with me for a significant well, amount leave of time it to finds you me... to, to draw an intellectual because it's still a really well-written uh letter and very insightful too like that very, the very first bit like the first chunk uh even though it's peppered with teenage angst, which is mm-hmm. to be expected, still was pretty eloquent. So, yeah. And she was, I think she was 16 at the time. So, uh, kudos to 20-year-old you and 16-year-old mm-hmm. her, because that's... Uh, uh, 18, thank you. 20-year-old, 20-year-old, uh, 20 years ago. 20 years ago, thank yes. You. Time capsule, Shane. There we go. I'm not trying or to say. To... I'm not trying to say that you're predatory. That's not what I'm trying to say. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> I mean, I'm just gonna say oof. I, I just now, I, you know, as everyone knows, I did in fact have a relationship at age 28 with someone who was 18. So I mean, that happened. No, she was 19. So well, I didn't know that, but it does without yes, question. It, l- it definitely does. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this is the best segue. Sigourney segue into our reading. I was going to say the joys of teenage angst, I felt, was a good parallel to get from, you know, my year seven at Hogwarts to now Ebony's year seven (laughs) at at Hogwarts. Last we left 
our traveling troop of emo goth troubadours. Uh, <laughs> I, I wrote start on the chapter I have with it, an exclamation yes. point. Oh, yeah, you did. Yes. So do we, do we want to yeah, set expectations welcome. based on where we are lengthwise? We think in a chapter two? I think uh, they, these are very short chapters. I think we can very yes, easily get through a decent chunk of this. So for those who did not catch up, but uh, here's hoping you've listened to all oh, of last week's episode. Are you going to do it previously on... Uh, yes, obviously we have Ooh. to. So, uh, you know, in uh, you previously s- on My Immortal, we had <laughs> <laughs> Ebony Darkness Dementia Raven Way was taken into the Forbidden Forest by Draco Malfoy following their attending the Good Charlotte concert someplace. It is never in told Hogsmeade. to us where the concert was. It's in Hogsmeade. Yes, but then they, she just says we got into his flying Mercedes Benz and went to the place the concert was. Like, ugh. so in any event, we are we left on a cliffhanger where Draco is driving her into the Forbidden Forest, and we start without any preamble. We go right into dialogue here as we begin Chapter Four. Draco, what the fuck do you think you're doing? Draco didn't answer, but he stopped the flying car, and we walked out of it. I walked out of it, too. Curiously. What the fucking hell? I asked angrily. Evity. He asked. What? I snapped. Draco leaned in extra close, and I looked into his gothic red eyes. Parenthetical, he was wearing color contacts which revealed so much depressing sorrow and evilness, and then suddenly, I didn't feel mad anymore. And then, suddenly, just as I, Draco, kissed me passionately, Draco climbed on top of me, and we started to make out keenly against a tree. He took of my top, and I took of his clothes. I even took of my bra. Then he put his thingy into my who-know-what, and we did it for the first time. Oh! 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 I screamed. I was beginning to get an orgasm. We started to kiss everywhere, and my pale body became all warm. And then... What the hell are you doing, you motherfuckers? It was Dumbledore. So, I'm going to say, you know, it's kind of like a Gandalf thing. It's kind of its own thing. Also, I didn't prep because I figured it'd be better that way. Well, I also should say, um, motherfuckers should never have drafted you. (laughs) So. It felt actually more Gandalf than Dumbledore. (laughs) Like, honestly, when you said that, I'm like, I can see that as being Gandalf. Now. What the hell are you yeah, doing? Uh, so much to unpack in such a short chapter. Are you talking about uh, Draco to be unpacked there? <laughs> no, I'm. I'm more talking about the communion, the ritual. Um, mm. You know, because she she took of her top, she took yes. of his clothes, and even took of her bra. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you know, it feels very biblical. It is a That's sacrament. A good point. I agree. Uh, it's uh, you know they. This is their body. They ate of it, and since they are both gothic vampires, it makes sense. 
I like that. I don't think I've ever heard anyone give that take to it. Like that that gives it a lot more weight to the significance of their first lovemaking. And I will say, um, as evidenced by earlier in this very podcast episode, I am no stranger to the ways of physical love, but I have never made out keenly against a tree. And that gentleman boiled my blood a bit uh, admittedly well i don't think uh we should pepper too much more analysis onto uh, i agree onto this uh for at least that you chapter. nailed it pretty like you nailed it pretty well I am an like expert genius. almost as we well have, as draco we nailed this multiple yeah. times on this podcast that i am a genius mm. so it's uh, uh, it's like a hosier song here that occurs you know it's just they took of each other yeah so now John, you were saying? Oh, no, I was I was ready to proceed. All right. Well, then I am prepared to give you chapter five. Dumbledore made and Draco and I follow him. He kept shouting at us angrily. You look at fools. He shouted. I started to cry tears of blood down my pallid face. Draco comforted me. When we went back to the castle... Dumbledore took us to Professor Snape and Professor McGarnagle, who were both looking very angry. They will have exactly the course of the Forbidden Forest! He yelled in a furious voice. Why did you do such a thing, you mediocre dunces? Asked Professor McGonagall. How dare you? Demanded Professor Snape. And then Draco shrieked. Because I love her! Everyone was quiet. Dumbledore and Professor McGonagall stood looked mad, still looked mad. But Professor Snape said, Fine, very well, you may go up to your rooms. Draco and I went upstairs, while the teachers glared at us. Are you okay, Abby? Draco asked me gently. Yeah, I guess. I lied. I went to the girls' dorm and brushed my teeth and my hair and changed into a low-cut black floor-length dress with red lace all around it and black high heels. When I came out, Draco was standing in front of the bathroom and he started to sing I Just Wanna Live by Good Charlotte. I was so flattered, even though he wasn't supposed to be there. We hugged and kissed. After that, we said goodnight, and he reluctantly went back into his room. How touching. Yeah. Yes. In a physical Very sense. Sweet. Mm. Again. Almost as sweet as that le- letter. Leather. Leather. That leather letter. <laughs> yes. Almost as sweet yes. as that leather. <laughs> when did you turn into Draco? What's happening? Oh, apparently so. What a misunderstood guy with too much cerebral spinal fluid. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, our chronic encephalopathy here. Uh, Michael, stop smoking that blunt. Goddamn. Oh, that was a heavy hit there. Noop, noop. Woo-wee! Yeah, that meth sure hit different, though, don't it? Damn, I don't think that was meth. There was something else in there. I'll oh, tell you what. I didn't know you liked to get wet, though. Woo! PCP. Dust. Oh, thank you for reminding me. I need to make PCP sure that Becky's dirty. seen that movie. Just, yeah, as, yeah, just as an call. excuse to rewatch it, because it's been a minute. Yeah, it's so marvelous. But anyhow, um, 
it just feels this feels tragic almost feels like there's a loss of innocence happening um Mm -hmm. i don't know and anybody i gotta give props to my man draco because getting through all of the lyrics and melody to i i I want to live i still want to live by by good charlotte just Mm -hmm. acapella just for the love of the game that's go you I mean, reminiscent of, uh, you know, Say Anything, where you've got Lloyd Dobler hoisting aloft his boombox and preferring, uh, professing his love with Peter Gabriel. We fall far short of that with Good Charlotte, but I mean, you know, at least he's trying. Yeah, that's all, you know, that's all we can ever do. So You try. So I think I think I am a Draco, not just the voice. I think I am, I am Team Draco in this story, so okay. ride, ride or die Team Draco and his 666 vehicle. I'm I'm that's definitely team Dumbledore here. <laughs> that's actually really funny that you say team Draco because and we're going to read the next uh chapter things are going to get a little spicy. Is this our, is this, do we have so, a does this end on a cliffhanger? Does this get us to our natural spot? Um I would say chapter 7 is probably a better cliffhanger okay. um but they're both very short yeah they're so. these are very compressed from what i remember when i was scrolling so okay. yes all right well our editor so. said it's okay to proceed so moving on chapter six the next day i woke in my coffin i put on a black miniskirt that was all ripped around the end and a matching top with red skulls all over it and high-heeled boots that were black I put on two pairs of skull earrings and two crosses in my ears. I spray-painted my hair with purple. In the Great Hall, I ate some Count Chocula cereal with blood instead of milk, and a glass of red blood. Suddenly someone bumped into me. All the blood spilled over my top. Bastard! I shouted angrily. I regretted saying it when I looked up, because I was looking into the pale white face of a gothic boy with spiky black hair with red streaks in it. He was wearing so much eyeliner that I was going down his face, and he was wearing black lipstick. He didn't have glasses anymore, and now he was wearing red contact lenses, just like Draco's. And there was no scar on his forehead anymore. He had a manly stubble on his chin. He had a sexy English accent. He looked exactly like Joel Madden. He was so sexy that my body went all hot when I saw him, kind of like an erection, only I'm a girl, so I didn't get one, you sicko. I'm so sorry, he said in a shy voice. That's all right. What's your name? I questioned. My name's Harry Potter, although most people call me vampire these days. He grumbled. Why? I exclaimed. Because I love the taste of human blood. (laughs) He giggled. Well, I am a vampire. I confessed. Really? (laughs) He stepped on my line. He whimpered. (laughs) Yeah. I roared. We sat down to talk for a while. Then Draco came up behind me and told me he had a surprise for me. So I went away with him. (laughs) Sorry. had a a little lump in my throat. (coughs) Really? (laughs) 
So it's great that you mentioned Team Draco. Oh, because... I didn't even know it was happening. <laughs> oh, the Twilight Saga lives oh, on. Oh boy, does it ever. Oh. Um, Ebony failed to mention that uh, Harry wears a comical headdress akin to George Washington. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, you know, it was more akin to uh, that squirrely professor uh, from the first book. Professor Squirrely? <laughs> professor Squirrely. Yes. <laughs> professor Squirrely, who wore the turban for, you know, reasons that will be explained later. <laughs> Shane, uh, you have evidence of being a genius. So, what what do you think's happening here? What do you think is being set up? And well, I believe that we want to try to show, you know, like versus like here, and uh, you know, so we have certain aspects of her personality that she sees in Draco, as you know, shown by the emo music that uh, they both enjoy, and the intercourse but now she's met someone who titillates the more visceral aspects of her personality her bloodlust if you will and Ooh. so she's now torn in a battle betwixt aspects of herself that she loves and isn't this ultimately what we all struggle with is reconciling the parts of ourselves that we feel are right for consumption for everyone else in the world and the things that we really wish we could indulge in like john's fetish porn yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I mean, I just mm. I can't get off anymore unless they are crying and hardly breathing. It's really escalated. Well, lucky for you, one of your exes happens to be working as a mortician, so you know you can do both fetishes all at once. Now we are going to continue this read. <laughs> However, <laughs> our banned Instagram account follows her. And I just sh- saw her emotional breakdown the other day, so I'm sure you were going there. Yes, I, I shared that moment with dude. you. Dude, yeah. Um, I would never hope... And again, in our relationship, we didn't do anything to each other that would instill this kind of hatred for me. But I think what it is, is the concept that we've talked about before. I'm looking on the past and being embarrassed by it. So the further the distance and the more time that has elapsed between myself and this woman, the more I realized, or the more I realized just how much of a bizarre bird she is, but that's neither here nor there. She does fit into this story. She does remind me of an ebony darkness. She certainly does. That is uh, who I've cast in the Fuck, world what if in she, my head right now. What if she wrote this? It's possible. It's, I mean, I wouldn't put it past it. It uses her exact understanding of grammar. Now, we would be about uh, like their age because it was written in uh, 2006, fuck. I think. Don't loop so, me in with you. You would have been a little bit on the older side. But uh, a little bit. Just a tad. What if this is her first foray into doing work and not getting paid for it? It is. Did she ever go by a Tara or a Gillespie? Well, obviously that's a pseudonym, Mike. I'll have to search Pornhub (laughs) for it to see if I see my own cock there somewhere. (laughs) Bloody Tears six six (laughs) six. Fine, that's actually John's. uh, My choke on a beer. I am still <laughs> waiting for the day. It's going to happen. John's OnlyFans is now going to be called Bloody Tears 666. 
So it's actually going to be called. Uh, do that it's actually going to be called Butt Cheese Six Nine Six Nine Six Nine. Hey, I will. I will sue. I will. I will be like that. Is that is not your Trademark intellectual property, my friend? I've already submitted it. Well, it's already yeah. trademarked. Thank you. So we have established that John's ex officially wrote this story, and we don't have to feel bad about making fun of it anymore. That is now officially canon, and you can't take that back. It is headcanon. Oh, I agree. It and is by headcanon, we mean she gave him that at one point. Canon. Now, <laughs> um, whomever is moving their cursor over the text, please stop doing so, because it is showing me the name of the person <laughs> editing the document, and it's interrupting, so quit it. It, is, it, it ain't me. Because you can see that my name is Mike. Uh, that John, might, stop moving your cursor, you son That of might bitch. be me because I'm scrolling down with it because I don't have that yes. much screen space. Okay. Because yes. <clears throat> there's only two people on here. All right. So here we are. Everyone brace. Chapter 7. Bring me to life. Draco and I held our pale white hands with black nail polish as we went upstairs. I was wearing red Satanist sings on my nails in red nail polish. I waved to Vampire. Dark misery was in his depressed eyes. I guess he was jealous of me that I was going out with Draco. Anyway, I went upstairs excitedly with Draco. We went into his room and locked the door. Then we started Frenching passively, and we took off each other's clothes enthusiastically. He felt me up before I took up my top. Then I took off my black leather bra, and he took off his pants. We went on the bed and started making out, naked. And then he put his boy's thingy in mine, and we had sex. Oh, Draco! Draco! I screamed while getting an orgasm, when all of a sudden I saw a tattoo I had never seen before on Draco's arm. It was a black heart with an arrow through it. On it, in bloody gothic writing, were the words, Vampire. I was so angry. You bastard! I shouted angrily, jumping out of bed. No, no, but you don't understand. He pleaded, but I knew too much. No, you fucking idiot! You probably have AIDS anyway! I shouted. I put on my clothes all huffily and then stomped out. Draco ran out even though he was naked. He had a really big you-know-what, but I was too mad to care. I stomped out and did so until I was in Vampire's classroom where he was having a lesson with Professor Snape and some other people. Vampire Potter, you motherfucker! End chapter seven. Wow, that is well, a cliffhanger. It it yeah. uh, or a uh, dick hanger, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a and, wreck right now. Uh, and so was she <laughs> in both ways. <laughs> Reckon they wrecked him. Damn near killed him. Much like Ooh. part one of the reading, it started off very analytical, but then there's just too much action. There's too much passion to really uh, to dive deep. You know, it's just it is what it is. There's betrayal. There's love. There's teams. Um, but I mean, we've we've also got to deal with the fact that uh, you know Draco is also a man torn. 
So as much as Ebony found herself being torn betwixt her, you know, feelings of lust for her two lovers, we also now have Draco, who is sitting on the fence quite literally between both loving the Draco Malfoy and the Ebony Darkness Dementia Raven Way. So you, you mean the other way? Draco doesn't love himself; he loves vampires. Yeah, I true. said vampire. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I heard Draco. In some no, way, I may have said Draco. Forgive me. In some <laughs> way, I mean, if you are Team Draco at this point, it means you are a team of both Draco and Vampire Potter because they mm-hmm. are their own thing. So, I mean, I'm curious uh, for the continuation of the series what that looks like. Maybe they're well, the protagonist, and Ebony is actually the the antagonist of the story, trying to keep all... two levas apart. <laughs> here's my thing though is when the both of them are passionately looking into one another's eyes do they say wands ready wands at the ready Indeed. and yes they do except drago probably just says something like this wands <laughs> at the ready let's be real Dra- take me vampire hold on <laughs> predictions uh draco's a power bottom uh <laughs> and how Ooh, that is a good prediction no here's the difficulty though is if draco's on the bottom all the blood's gonna rush into his head and that'll kill him <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, like rocky dennis in mask it's just he's got oh, this giant watermelon <laughs> <laughs> or uh Jesus. John Merrick, the Elephant Man, he'll just be dead or the moment Deacon, that he turns over. Deacon Frost at the end of Blade. Yes, when he gets yeah, when he gets shot with the uh, the the serum. Yes. Well, the EDT, the anticoagulant, which uh, was actually just featured in the How to Make a Murderer episode that I watched last night. So okay. Some fun correlation there, but so it's uh, I'm enjoying this, gentlemen. It is a lot of fun. You know what? I'm actually looking forward to more than recording this playing piano with your wife. No, is Michael <laughs> having to edit this? Uh, and then additionally, I am looking forward to, and now this is canon, the super cut that is going to happen where yes. there's no episode okay. to bury this content. Yes, I think by the time we get to the point where this finally gets, you know, meshed and we've got the reading straight and the audiobook of My Immortal as performed by the dear folks from the Disinformed Podcast, it's uh, going to be, that is going to be worthy of us having, you know, the My OnlyFans account to put that on. Screw oh, this Patreon yes. nonsense. I feel like OnlyFans yeah, has I become feel, our I feel lane. like that's the future. Yeah, <laughs> I really do. I actually would like that if we turn, like, instead of doing Patreon, we did OnlyFans. But well, OnlyFans like is also uh, a British uh, site, which is how really? they get around some of the uh, prostitution laws. So, you know, it's appropriate that we would then. Which is odd because I thought they had. Here. I thought they had a more stringent uh, prostitution laws. Well, I mean, they don't for Americans. Oh, oh dear. Oh, like, shit. international <laughs> peace accords have to be signed for people to get you know sued for this nonsense. So, huh, so Michael, I, I I have one question for you, and this will be my final question. And I have one final answer for you, and it will only be my only answer what do you think future michael's feeling at the end of this right now knowing that it is by far the longest episode and you walked into it not knowing that it would be and that it is past michael's fault that this track time is so long 
I think what I will do is I will probably message you the answer of how uh, then present me will be feeling, especially because I want to try and edit it this tonight. That probably won't <sighs> fucking happen um, because, and Shane might be able to appreciate Because birds aren't real. Uh, finals. <laughs> Ooh, thank you. My professor had me uh, assigned to me a project to read and edit a master's thesis um, starting yesterday that I have to do by tomorrow Holy at around Jesus. three something. Uh, so that's going to be fun. So I'm like, well, I don't think I'm going to attempt it tonight so I can edit tonight so I can start fresh in the morning. <laughs> uh, yeah. So fuck me. All right. Um, but I'll respond to it. Well, I'm going to try and drink a bunch of coffee. I'm, also, and, I'm really uh, proud of you for actually for once using that pretty expensive microphone that you have that clearly works just as good. If I told not you. Worse than <laughs> <Jane and> I. <laughs> I told you it works. It's all just me. Well, Wait, you know, the nice thing is, is we I said the other way. It may not actually be the longest because by the time we edit out the, uh, you know, several of the things that occurred over the course of this, we're no, going to cut that running be, time. It's oh, going to be over two hours. Yeah. I don't. Have we broken over two hours yes, before? we have. But this oh, is well, well over. It's probably going to be close to, by the time we do all of our outro shit, it's going to be close to Which, in 10 speaking minutes. Speaking of, we might as well just roll music. End I'm, I'm me, the guy please. rolling music today, by the way. So roll music. <laughs> no, you fucking aren't. <laughs> oh, no, you aren't. Uh, ain't. Sorry, I gotta try. Uh, oh, no, you ain't. Yeah, it's Trump. It's uh, trying Trump's to be America, there. you fucking pleb. So let's... <laughs> I will send this file to you and be like, put it outro music, bitch. Also, fuck pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me Shane, get to take know us you, out. damn it. Please end me. Pull it out. I'm going to come. I already came. Uh, plan B. Plan B, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> if, you know, if, Hold if the you pillow. pull out, you would be a lot better off than trying to buy that damn pill, you baby killer. Well, ladies and oh. germaphobes, thank you for enduring this now seven-hour podcast that you have just listened to. We hope that you have enjoyed oh. it as much as we have enjoyed laying it down, just like Ebony was getting laid down by that big dick Draco. Mm. He had a big you-know-what, if you know what I mean. It's God's yes, way of making up for his mistakes. <laughs> So what you're saying is the wand chooses the wizard, as we've said on many occasions. If you're enjoying... Dear God, we've killed Michael. Uh, if you're enjoying the retching noises that you're hearing in the background, then you can find us on your preferred podcast platform. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this, because we could use the boost. We need all the help we can get after this bullshit. And if you like what we do, rate and review. Tell us what you think about this bloody little show. Give us some feedback. We would love to hear it for once. Very nice. Uh, if you want to see what we're doing on the social networks for the three of you that are going to hit a uh, like button from time to time, we would really appreciate that as well. Because, hey, if we can't harass you for loving this show, we don't want to make it recorded any longer. So, find us at facebook.com slash disinformedpodcast. On Instagram, we are at disinformedpodcast. And on the Twitters, at disinformedpod. Give us your thoughts. We need them on our face, neck, and chest. So, I believe... 
for the Disinformed Podcast. For Bob Lazar, for Jeremy Corbell, and Commander David Fravor, and Joe Rogan, I'm Shane. I'm John. <laughs> I'm John. And I'm Ebony. Er, I'm Michael. This is Pancakes! <laughs> Thank you for coming, everybody. Don't worry, Draco will swallow it. Most likely.